Discover a healthier, happier you with Veganuary 2024. Your health isn't just small potatoes, it's a big deal. So this January, you are invited to make a change that matters by trying Veganuary's 31-Day Vegan Challenge. Switching to a plant-based diet reduces your carbon footprint and makes a positive impact for animals. Every meal is a vote for the kind of world you want to create. Ready to make a change? Sign up today at Veganuary.com. Vote for veggies. Sports Coma with Big Q and the guys where we have intense, entertaining, educating, and enlightening sport talk from your favorite sports family. I'm up in this building. Much love to the fam. Appreciate y'all tuning in for this ep- episode or edition of the Sports Coma. Let's get it cracking with Dennis Allen's interview. Let's hear from Coach Allen with his thoughts on the upcoming matchup. Here we go. All right, I'll let you guys just go ahead and start asking questions. Yeah, I think it's going to be Andy. James will be uh, doubtful for this week. And, uh, I mean, did he show signs of... I think he's getting better. I think he's getting better. Um, You know, but like I said at the beginning of the week, I think the most important thing is to get him healthy um, so that we're not riding that roller coaster each and every week. So um, that'll kind of be the plan moving forward, and we'll we'll see where he's at next week. When you look back at it now, I thought Andy did a nice job. Um, I thought he performed well in the game. I really thought, you know, probably in the second half, I thought we got into a pretty good rhythm, you know, offensively, and I think he was he was operating pretty well. So, um, again, like I said last week, I think, um, <clears throat> you know, that's why Andy's here, is is because he's a he's a, a, a proven vet, and uh, we feel like, you know, we can go in and play good football with him running the team. So, feel good about that. How do you feel like the team kind of handled this week, given the comeback from London, didn't have a bye week? How do you feel like the team handled 
I thought the team handled it exceptionally well. Um, I thought today was one of our better practices. Um, I think our guys are excited about getting out and playing again. Have you, have you seen them respond pretty well to just kind of the adversity and, and stuff? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, I think we got a good group. I think we got some good veteran leadership on our team. And, um, you know, our focus is on, you know, trying to go win a game against Seattle. And so uh, that's what the focus has been all week. And I think our guys have done, done a good job with that. All good? Anything else? Yeah, get the dub, coach. No, he'll be out. Yeah. We can go out unless Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jarvis is, Jarvis is listed as questionable, but um, I actually feel pretty good about that. All right, that's Coach Allen. Uh, quick thoughts on the game. Of course, remember, Coach Allen is a, a very smart guy. He's kind of moving it. And he mentions veteran leadership, which is big, which is big. Cam Jordan, Demario Davis, Tyron Matthews, so on and so forth. Veteran leadership. When tough, when tough, when things are tough, when times are tough in the who that nation, especially in the teams here, you got to rely on the veteran leadership of the team to make the team compress the vision to one game only scenarios where that's the only way you climb up out the hole. So at this point, guys have to compress, get together. Focus even tougher, lim- minimize or eliminate turnovers and get the dub. Here's uh, Andy Dalton uh, with his thoughts on the upcoming matchup against the Seahawks. How much did, did like, actually getting game rep experience that you think helped you out when it comes to kind of leading this offense? I know there's, you get a lot of that in training camp, but getting some of it in the game is helpful? I think anytime you get out there when obviously it's a, a new team for me, and so. Um, just being out there, being in the huddle, seeing how guys are reacting during the game, getting to know what the huddle's like and, and all that kind of stuff. I think that's the, uh, that's the thing that is important, and um, you, can, you can really draw from that, from getting out there and getting that game experience. Do you feel comfortable right now with everything, the whole offense and everything at this point? I do. I feel really good about where I'm at in this offense and just the understanding of everything. And um, so... Now, for us, it's just going out and executing and making sure everybody's on the same page. And is there such thing as like chemistry between quarterback and play caller? Yeah, 100%. I think um, that's definitely something that, I mean, you, you want to have the chemistry. Obviously, they've had it here for a long time when Drew was here uh, and everything. But I think for me and where I'm at and with Pete and RC and just everybody that uh, is having an impact on, on the play calls and all that kind of stuff. It's the open communication through it all of things that I like, things that they like, what we're thinking going into the next drive, series, whatever it may be. So uh, I think there's definitely uh, something to that. Did you feel that on those long drives? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I did. I, you know, I, I think that's one thing for me as a player. I'm coming to the sideline. I want to know what they're thinking. I'm going to tell them what I'm thinking, and just to make sure that, you know, from a philosophy of how we want to go out there and you know a- attack the next drive, we make sure everybody's on the same page. And yeah, I assume you're even more eager to have Alvin Kamara be part of that mix. Is he, is he kind of the quarterback's best friend when trying to put together a 12-play drive? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely nice having him back. Uh, a guy with his talent, 
you know, it doesn't, everything doesn't always have to be perfect, and he can find a way to um, make plays. And so, I mean, we're, we welcome him back with open arms. For sure. I think for uh, AK, I mean, he can do so much. It's not just the run game, it's the pass game as well. And uh, anytime you get the ball in his hands, I mean, there's something that, um, you know, you, you know something positive is going to happen. Andy Dalton thoughts on some of the matchup with the Saints. Of course, if you look at what's going on uh, with the black and gold offensive wise, like we said, we've said this before about uh about this squad. Andy Dalton is merely a placeholder. He's the backup quarterback. He was brung here with the perspective of if Jameis has an injury setback that he takes over the club. And simply with that being said, Andy Dalton merely just has to play within his element. Don't do too much. Make the throws. Take what the defense gives you. Uh, and of course, with Elvin Kamara back, that'll help out the rushing attack. But just outside of that, the Saints have to bring it, man. They must bring it up against this team. And listen, like I said earlier in this week, and I, I see you, Gundam. I got you, baby. Uh, we talked about this early on, fam. You know, as we get ready to hit this uh, injury report momentarily. Yeah, we we talked about the fact that the Seahawks, uh, the Sea Chickens, not the, <laughs> I ain't going to be disrespectful, but our Sea Chicken comrades, they would have to, uh, they have some pieces there. And we have the shout out to Mike Dugar, who came in from the athletic uh, man to man podcast and uh, previewed the game with us uh, the last stream. And I'm not going to go uh, piece for piece on their depth chart. He did a really good job of doing that. So if you want to hear that part, and if you didn't hear that show, go back and listen to it because Mike Dugar is the second time popping up on the sports coma. He dropped some good game. He sprinkled and laced the who that nation with good game about the Seahawks. The thing about this is I think this is a good matchup for the saints because the Seahawks defense is, is not very good. It doesn't do a good job of stopping the run and you can pass on them. So, this is something that they need to go out and get. They have to start playing up to the expectations that we know that they're capable of. And above all, they have to minimize or eliminate the turnovers for real. All right, brother Gundam is about the three, four defense. Of course, you know, yeah, he said it's a big Q. Your last show, you said the Seahawks defense, they run a three, four. How will they fare against the saints uh, against the saints fair against the three, four defense? Well, uh, he talked about big L woods who familiar with L woods. In the run of three four defense, bro, you got to have. Now, I always said this about the three four because the greatest defense ever seen in modern times was the Dome Patrol, and that defense, my friends, was a knock knock 'em sock 'em defense. Is a Hall of Fame defense. Even the great Mike Singletary said that that was the greatest defense that he ever seen. So, uh, had they had an offense, they'd have won several Super Bowls. That's what Mike Singletary said, the leader of the vaunted Chicago Bears defense, who. Sam Mills and him must come from the same vein in terms of mindset. They remind me a lot of each other because they played the exact same one, same way. The field mouse was a little small in terms of his size, but the mentality, those guys were just special players. 
But the three, four, their three, four L sits in Elwood sits in the center of it. And they don't have the type of three down linemen that you would like to have. You have to have dominant down linemen up front to run a very good three, four defense. The Saints had that. This team doesn't have that. And of course, the three, four allows if you're a down lineman, the three to have to, they have to occupy the five offensive linemen, your five. So those three down linemen have to be able to absorb or occupy your five offensive linemen, which would allow their linebackers to move around, whether to drop in coverage, whether the blitz, you know, they have to be freed up to be able to roam around the field and make plays. Now, with that being said, if that down, if those three down linemen do not do what they're supposed to do, then those five linemen can leak out and engage the linebackers. And then the three, four would not be effective. So, it's a speed defense built on speed. They remove one lineman out and it's a defense in terms of they think about using that extra lineman as a speed component. But when the Saints go three wide receiver or such, they'll have to adjust to a modified nickel defense. So uh, I don't anticipate them spending a lot of time in a three, four. They'll have to adjust to whatever the offense is doing. So if the Saints are rolling out four wide receivers, they'll have to adjust. If the Saints are rolling out three wide receivers, they'll have to adjust. So I don't think they'll be you'll see them in their base defense a lot like we don't see us in our base defense a lot because we always occupying or doing that modified nickel. You know, you know, Dennis Allen used to say we run a full three, we'll run a three, four, all that kind of stuff that went out the window when they realized that the true base defense of the black and gold is the modified nickel. So you'll see a lot of that. But anyway, thank you for your question. Shout out to the fan. Appreciate y'all being in this installment. Please feel free to hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button and also feel free to share the show's links on your social media feed as we get popping and snapping on this Saturday edition of the Sports Coma. Here's the injury report coming at you. Uh, Twelve Saint players listed on Friday's report. Week five against the Seattle Seahawks. And of course, you see Kelvin Throckmorton is listed as out of the matchup. He didn't play all or practice all week long. He had that hip issue. Peyton Turner's back on the injury list this time he was shut down for the entire week with a chest issue michael thomas is also shut down for the second consecutive week with a foot or they say foot here but they say toe so is there a difference foot toe remember it was a toe now they got it listed as a foot just throwing that out there Jameis winston back ankle of course we know back in his ankle we know he wasn't going to play and you might not see Jameis play for the next several weeks this will be, you know, and you look up and it'll be five to six weeks down the line before you might see Jameis Winston playing again. P.J. Williams is also out with a quadricep issue. Uh, Ryan Ramchek had rested. They gave him Marcus May. Might get an opportunity to see Marcus May play some football for the black and gold. Andrews Pete had a concussion issue, but he's back. So Kelvin Trockmorton, who was a turnstile last week, we got Pete back. And Pete has to definitely elevate his play. Uh, getting back into the starting lineup, we got Elvin Kamara with the rib issue is questionable, but they expect that May, Pete, and Kamara, all these guys, in, in supposed to play. Now Jarvis Landry was playing, and then he gets shut down. DM Pete, so he's listed as questionable. Taysom went from limited to full practice, which is good. It's good to see Taysom fully healthy, and of course, Carl Granderson had an issue with his eye, but he fully practiced. The entire week. Now let's move on to the Seahawks side of things. Rashard Penny, their starting running back, was shut down Wednesday, but he fully practiced. He had a shoulder issue, but he'll be ready to go against the black and gold. 
Austin Blight was also shut down Wednesday, but these guys are fully practiced. So the big Gabe Jackson, he's also ready to go. Linebacker Daryl Johnson had an ankle issue. They put him out and put him on the IR. Quentin Jefferson, another defensive end, fully practiced. Justin Cole, the cornerback, is questionable with a calf. Uh, Damian Lewis is uh, fully practiced, the guard. With, uh, he had a calf issue. Looked like he'll be good to go. Drake Young, the, the wide receiver, is out. Uh, Penny Hart uh, will probably be good to go. Phil Haynes is fully practiced. Safety Joy Blunt is fully practiced. L Woods, the big interior guy, was fully practiced too. He was shut down, had to give him rest. Marquise Goodwin, the wide receiver, is questionable. He did not practice. I don't expect to see him. Uh, running back Kenneth Walker is also questionable. And Puna Ford it was shut down on Friday as well. So that's some of that's the entire injury report for uh, Friday. We'll get the list of inactives uh, sometimes uh, during later on today, leading up into uh, the beginning of the matchup against the team. Now, of course, let's get into the rest of them as we talked about Andy Dalton will play in a matchup. Saints are rolling with the red rifle for the second straight week. He expected to start for New Orleans this weekend as the Saints host the Seahawks, as uh, said by Dennis Allen. All right. So also Michael Thomas foot issue is also not there. Jarvis is questionable. The Saints have dealt with their fair share of injuries this season, contributing to a three game skid after scoring a comeback win over the Falcons. Now, Winston played in weeks two and three. Didn't look like the same quarterback who led the Saints back from a multi-score deficit in Atlanta, instead appearing uncomfortable and consistently missing targets downfield. Kamara's absence didn't help matters in week two or four. Either although Latavius Murray, who joined the Broncos and Ingram combined for 87 yards and a touchdown, 21 attempts last week, and most of that was just Latavius Murray being unstoppable. New Orleans will need Dalton to perform similarly uh, he did in London, a game in which he compiled 20 of 28 for 236 in the touchdown. The veteran is considered one of the most reliable backups in the NFL and is, is anticipated start Sunday against the Saints efforts to acquire him in offseason. We'll see if Dalton can produce a win in the second start. And I'm thinking that Dalton will produce a win against his team, not to disparage the uh, talk negatively about the Seahawks, but we know that the Seahawks is a team. Uh, right now that the Saints should be able to handle, man. The Seahawks is a team basically playing uh, for a position that I think when the season hashes out, if you see they got rid of Russell Wilson, they got rid of K.J. Wright, all of the stalwarts here, and they got a bunch of young people. Usually when that happens, you kind of fall on back to a bit and they start playing that long-range game or start looking at the draft. So they got a journeyman quarterback at the helm. They got pieces here or there, and they know this is a team built uh, for the future, they did extend out KJ, uh, I mean, uh, Metcalf, and then they did also have Tyler Lockett there. So this team looked like to me they're playing a long range game. And really, statistically speaking, they kind of look similar, but this should not be the case. And this weird reality that we in, the Saints should outright come out and destroy the Seattle Seahawks. This is, the, you know, that's the reality of what the talent you have, but for whatever reason, the, that mentality is not there. For former All-Pro wide receiver, Michael Thomas, a former All-Pro like he's done for. Michael Thomas is at a crossroad with the Saints. This is from Yard Barker's Eric Smitherling. All right, F, F, there's an adage in NFL that a player's best ability, availability. If that's the case, Saints wide receiver Mike Thomas is on the verge of another disappointing season. 
After missing the 21 season with an ankle issue, Thomas returned in week one against the Falcons and caught two touchdowns in route to the team's 27-26 victory, the team's third loss, a uh, week three loss to the Panthers. Thomas suffered a toe injury in the fourth quarter that forced him to miss the team's week four game against the Minnesota Vikings. According to Wednesday's injury report, Thomas missed practice again, putting his status in jeopardy. Of course, he won't play this game against the Seahawks. If he is to miss Sunday's game, it will be his 27th game missed since signing his five-year $96.25 million deal prior to the 2019 season. He certainly earned that payday as he averaged 12.62 and nearly eight touchdowns on 107 catches per season through his first three years in the NFL. Now, the same reasoning led to the Saints agreeing to the massive 2019 a contract after three standout seasons for Thomas during his first three years in the league. Thomas played in 98% of the team's games, only missing one game during the rookie season under his second contract. Thomas has only been able to suit up for 49% of his team games. You know, and that's a couple of tweets right there on it. News from around the team has not been positive with cryptic reports about the severity of the injury cropping up since he's hurt his toe against the Panthers. If those reports are true and that this turns into another extended absence for Thomas, it's hard to envision the path where he's on the Saints roster in 2023. Now, according to the pro football camp, Thomas base salary, 15.5 million in 2023 is not guaranteed and would be in line to receive a $250,000 roster bonus if he's still on the team on March. For a team that does have much maneuvering as others avoid going over the salary cap, devoting that type of money to a injury-prone player is not a wise investment. According to Over the Cap, if things continue to head in terms of Thomas' status or head south, Saints would be uh, best off designating him as a post-June 1st cut after the season, which would be able to do even if they cut him prior to June 1st. Now, according to the rumors, each team is allowed to designate up to two players, a post June 1st cuts, even if those players are released before June. If the Saints want that route, if they went that route, the dead money attached to the team salary cap would drop from 25.4 to 11.8. Where there is a problem for later down the road, the Saints and Thomas are coming up to a fork in the road. What happens during the next couple of months could determine whether Thomas is a Saint for years to come. Now, listen, just to address this, I think Michael Thomas ultimately will make it back to the field. It's still early on. Uh, there are reports and I think the Saints are just doing their due diligence with them. That's why Chris Olave's here. And that's just it brings into contrast. Like, when you know, the team, and you go through all this stuff. That's why it's always good to have insight about this this club. Cause a lot of these pipe people just write articles about this stuff and they don't go intricate. Uh, Jameis Winston's injury. We knew he'd be hurt going into coming up to the season. That's why Andy Dalton's here. Check. That's an insurance policy. And, and, and Dalton is an insurance policy for James Winston. Saints cashing in the insurance policy. Simple. The wide receiver position. Same thing. Jarvis Landry is the insurance policy for Mike Thomas. Even though Jarvis is banged up, he's not. He, he should. We'll see he's a game time decision for Mike Thomas, who's out, who's out for this matchup against the Seahawks. What's intriguing is Jarvis Landry is also an insurance policy. Chris Olave is the future of the wide receiver position. But that being said, I still say that Mike Thomas does ultimately re return and play the bulk of this season for the Saints all into the playoffs. So I, I think that that's something to keep an eye out on. But right now, man, we ain't worrying about that. We know Mike ultimately get back into this thing. We just want to make sure that he's 100% after what we went through over the last year uh, with him and his issues. So we want to make sure you roll Mike out there. Like I said, insurance policies, Jarvis Landry, we do see Marquez Call Calloway took a step because of all of the hot game reps he received last year. So we can lean on some of our young guys when injuries crop up, no matter what position that they are. Okay. So anyway, let's get on to this thing, man. Seattle 
matchup right here, fam. You take a look at these are the statistics right here for the matchup between the Saints and the Seahawks, as you can see. And what's interesting about this whole thing is you look at their offense is ranked 13th in the NFL. That's right, 13th. Seattle's offense. They're two and two uh, coming into the dome. The Saints are one and three. Uh, Saints offense is 11th. The defense for the Seahawks is not very good, like we spoke about. They give up a lot of yardage, and you can score on them. 29th uh, in the NFL, uh, 32 teams. The Saints defense is ranked 18th, statistically speaking. So, as I've said, you can move the ball against this team. You really can. And that is something that the Saints need to focus on doing, running the football and setting up the play action against the Seattle defense. That's why I was saying that the Saints are are given a team that is struggling defensively. This could be something that can build the offensive identity around as well as gain confidence moving forward into the season. So getting a win against a Seattle club that struggles defensively, who is playing above their uh, above their level. A lot of people are surprised how good the offense is going because Geno Smith has done a terrific job in the in the first month of football. But remember, the Saints have seen Geno Smith before and he had some success early. Then the then they made the adjustment and shut him down, started knocking him around. And it was a close game. The Saints ultimately came out with the win in Seattle the last time they played, which is 13 to 10. Y'all remember that that's back in uh, that was last year, October the 25th, to be precise. So this time around, Seattle finally comes down here. Saints have to handle the business. Now you look at the offensive numbers, Seattle's ranked. 13th in passing and 14th in rushing with Rashad Penny had that uh, game. And I think their rushing statistics was elevated because of the type of contest that Rashad Penny had when he had a buck 50 and some change overall the Seattle rushing attack, put up over 200 yards against Detroit Lions last matchup that kind of spiked their statistics. So they had a very good game there. So you got 13th in passing 14th in rushing. So we got middle of the pack offense right here. The Saints, or 11th in passing and 18th in rushing, which is a shame. The Saints are really a really good rushing team. They are, they are not really kind of dedicating themselves to, uh, you know, making that pop, making that twist. They're not dedicating it enough. Like I, I'm saying, they gave 27 or 20. They had 27 uh, attempts last week. Let's try to get to 30. Let's make 30 uh, rushing attempts a contest, a thing in our mindset. I know that I say that because they're trying to call a balanced game. But anytime the Saints rush the ball over 30 times, they win 90 something odd percent of the matchup. So I know you know that. I know that. I know they know that. Let's remember that that let's make the rushing game a part, a part of what we need to do to carry the day. Do you know someone on your holiday gift list that's looking to cut costs? Consider a Henson Razor. Henson Razors use quality standard blades that only cost 10 cents each. That means you'll only be spending pennies a month on blades. Compare that to multi-blade cartridges that cost 20 to 30 times more. Over a couple years, that special someone on your list will save hundreds and get a safe and smooth shaving experience along the way. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to HensonShaving.com holiday. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Looking for a fun way to win 25 times your money this football and basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projection for a wide variety of stats, and place your entry. It's as easy as that. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and injury insurance on your picks are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than 7 million players who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com slash play100 and use code play100. That's code play100 at prizepicks.com slash play100 for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. So anyway, on to the uh, stuff. And like I said, this is their depth chart right here. And we went over this depth chart defensively speaking we had uh a brother mike dugar uh from uh the show of uh, the uh man to man uh seattle sh- podcast who popped in he kind of did a great job of breaking down this the, their defense he went player to player on the defense we also talked about the offense we know that geno smith is having a pretty good year the journeyman finally finding a little success in the post russell wilson era as you can see his statistics right there 1037 yards six touchdowns which is tied for 10th in the NFL. He's 11th in passing and two interceptions. And his QB rating is almost 63%, which is 10th for in the NFL. So Geno Smith, through the first month of the NFL, it, uh, the season is doing a pretty good job guide, guiding the Seattle Seahawks uh, offense. So with that being said, you know what you got to do. You got to kind of take the, and the Saints did a good job to a degree of last week minimizing the rushing attack because this is the guy that you'll see, uh, Rashad Penny, who's a good running back. He just stays hurt a lot. He had 49 attempts, but 292, that's good for 12th in the NFL. Uh, he has two rushing touchdowns, and the man averages six yards per carry. So that tells you all you need to know. 49 attempts, he averages six yards attempt. The Saints have to stop that. They got to shut that down. They can't allow um, this brother to put up six yards of rush on them and the defense is going to have to do whatever they got to do to shut that down. This man averaging six yards a carry. That's seventh in the NFL on that average. That's crazy. That's crazy. We got to shut. We can't allow Rashard Penny to put six yards a carry on front of the defense. We got to put that down, put the ball on Geno's, put the ball in Geno Smith hands and then rush him. We got to be able to knock him around and handle some business. Now, you look at some of their better wide receivers. We know DK Metcalf will be going up against our dog, Marshawn Laddie, Daddy Lattimore. Remember, DK tried to get in Laddie Moore's head by shoving at him and doing stuff like after the play to, to try to incite him uh, to, to get out of his emotion because he knows he's a cool dude and you got to be able to do that to get him off kilter. So I see what DK was trying to do, some dirty stuff the last time they played, but he did speak highly of Lattimore after the fact that he's tried to use these little childish techniques to get Laddie Daddy out of his head. Now, remember, Laddie Daddy has to be very uh, careful that he don't do something extra after the whistle that will end up penalizing the Saints defense and keeping keeping the Seattle Seahawks offense going. So we have to be real mature here. 23 catches for DK for 284. That's seventh in the NFL. His catches are tied for 17th. And he only has one touchdown, so let's keep it that way. But he averages over 12 yards per catch every time you throw in his direction. And DK Metcalf is a freak. He's an absolute uh, uh, genetically made uh, player 
<laughs> it's just ridiculous. And this guy right here is a guy that always seems to sneak in there and cause problems for anybody. This is Tyler Lockett. 27 catches tied for seven, seventh in the NFL. He has 302 on the yards. No touchdowns as of yet. Let's keep it like that. And he also averages uh, over 10 yards per catch, 11.2 to be precise. So these are some of the players that's on the offense that Geno Smith has to work with. And you can see why he's having success with some of these guys. Lockett and Metcalf for two is a really good combo. Rashad Penny, when healthy, could be a problem, averaging six yards a carry in a team. So, now of course, they have a speed complement who's questionable in Marquise Goodwin. We know Goodwin has a lot of speed. And also, he only has four catches right now. He's listed as questionable for the matchup. But if he plays, this is a guy that's the third wide receiver they like to use who has some speed. Four catches for 53 yards right now, and he averages 13.3 per catch so we have to be mindful of their little wide receivers the tight end is will disley who has 12 catches for 116 he has three touchdowns and the average is almost 10 yards per catch uh, there so the offensive lineman from left to right and i think probably one of the better offensive linemen they have is is chris cross uh i mean chris cross charles cross <laughs> chris cross all right who was the first round draft pick uh, a top 10 pick for the team out of the University of Mississippi State he is the blind side guy right there this guy is a good it's going to be a good young offensive lineman for many years to come they all these people hoping that this kid turns into Walter Jones man who's probably one of the best offensive linemen they ever seen Damian Lewis is the left guard there for the black for their for the Seahawks team out of LSU remember him man he's a veteran there a young guy there so and and interesting enough like i said they can run the ball. We're going to have to neutralize this team. Of course, Austin Blight, Big Gabe Jackson, and Abraham Lucas is the right tackle from the opposite side right there. So, uh, we and listen, and even though we might not know, this line to me looks a little bit better than some of the previous lines we've seen. The back of the back of the backup uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers lineup, uh, the Carolina Panthers offensive line, but no-name offensive lines always – well to the point the first month of the season of giving the Saints defensive line, which is known players, guys that are very good problems. Saints have not been able to consistently get the kind of pressure that we want against these no-name offensive lines. So I can't explain it. I don't know why no-name offensive lines are, are keeping the Saints or neutralizing the Saints' pressure. I don't understand that. The Saints have to dial up the pressure, and they're going to have to pressure a lot in this game, if you got to send guys in that a knock Geno Smith on his ass, you better do it. You got to turn it up in that dome. All right. So anyway, from an offensive perspective, we already went over some of the numbers. We know that Rashad Penny averages six yards per rush. We got to be able to neutralize whatever semblance of running attack these people going to try to do to try to move the football. We got to stop that. And we got to put it on in the hands of Geno Smith while we're pressing him. Now, he has two guys in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf that can make plays. These, these guys are very good. These are pros. You know, they help drive that offense for the Seattle uh, Seahawks. Now, from an offensive line standpoint, they're just about as average as you would want to get. But that doesn't make me feel any better because we know that the Saints struggle against average as offensive lines. And of course, going down to the defensive side with the three, four as the base, as you can see, you see guys like Shelby Harris, L. Woods, pulling the four. We talked about all this on the last broadcast about some of these guys, these young players, and they're not chopped liver. You're going to see some of these guys like make plays like Jordan Brooks and Cody Barton. And, of course, you know, J uh, Jamal Adams is on the IR, so Quadri Diggs, and they got a few players back there, Kobe Bryant and a few others that should step up. But in the end, I think that uh, the key to victory for the New Orleans Saints against the Seattle Seahawks, to me, 
should be for the Saints to, to neutralize the rushing attack, put pressure on Geno Smith, uh, cover him up and knock him down early and often. I think if you do that, he'll turn the ball over to you and we'll have that. Now running for the Saints offense, we have to be able to run the ball against this terrible Seattle Seahawks defense. They're very young, but this is not a good team. This not defensively speaking. They got a lot of young players that are still trying to figure that thing out, but this defense can't stop anybody and will not stop anybody. So the Saints have to do a job of stop of of running the ball against this team. Their defense is ranked 29th in the NFL. They're not very good. They don't stop the run well, and you can pass on them. The Saints need to get going with the rushing attack against this Seattle defense. Maybe they can spread them out a little bit and kind of and uh, operate the run, and ultimately leads it to setting up the pass, so we can be able to get balance and make some things pop and shake for the Saints. We got we're gonna be at home, which is a big thing for the for the Saints. We're gonna be back in the dome. Now we ain't over there in London. We'll be in the confines of the dome. And by every measurement, this should be a win for the Saints. Andy Dalton at the starting position. You'll see Kamara, who already said that he's going to play in the matchup. Ingram, it'll be his compliment. I doubt you see any other running backs. Dwayne Washington, the Saints simply don't use him as a running back. And Tony Jones, perhaps, uh, if there is something that happens. But four active running backs, only two. You'll, you'll see Kamara and Ingram and Taysom Hill mixed up in there like a running back. Michael Thomas will not play, which means Chris Olave and perhaps Jarvis Landry, which I'm thinking he'll be a game time decision, should be good to go for the Saints. You'll see Callaway and perhaps Deontay Harty and Traquan Smith. These guys have to step up, especially Deontay Harty, who was getting cooked. Now, listen, for the people that was cooking Deontay Harty, man, and he was on there saying, look, keep that same energy, bro, Deontay, do not tr- do not. Uh, go back and forth with the who that nation. They got a right to say that to you, bro, because you out there fumbling uh, uh, punts and shit. You can't do that, bro. You know, if you out there, you had a mistake, you know, you got that ego going, bro. But listen, you got to eat that and you're going to have to do better. And listen, I know it's not on, all on Deontay Harty. It's on that terrible, terrible. I keep saying this and people act like they're blind to it. I keep telling y'all about these shitty kick return these punt punt return and kick return teams that we have these guys are not blocking people Deontay Hardy is getting tackled by two and three people at a time he make a break shake one goddamn dude break another dude and did two more tackle him how that happened unless dudes are not blocking anybody so I mean they are absolutely horrible on how the 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 blocking the kick return the blockers they're not handling their businesses they're not opening up uh, lanes or just crevices, creases for Deontay Harty. That's all they need is a crease of light to take it to the next level. They are pathetic. They are, are trash and they're garbage and they need to be spotlighted. People won't talk about the offense. They won't talk about the defense. They won't talk about missing field goals and block field goals, but don't keep that saying, I don't want to use that. I'm sick of hearing saying that because I always said that back in the day, you got to be consistent with your energy. Now everybody won't say it. They'll use, use that to keep that same energy. I'm not using that bullshit. What I'm saying is, is that the punt return and the kick return blockers for the Saints are pathetic. They're terrible. And that needs to change for the Saints special teams to be able to at least flip the field to help them out with field position. This is something that hasn't gotten any better from last year to this year. Last year wasn't any better and it's gotten worse. They must work on blocking. you got to block to give the kick return or the punt return an opportunity to return the punt or the kick successfully. We are not getting blocking. I don't know. These, yeah, I'm about to say something. These guys don't know how to block. I mean, it's always you put the tape on people running down there, streaking down there. I just don't understand how that shit keeps going on. And people just look right past. Well, Deontay Harty fumbled a damn thing, but goddamn, 
He got hit, but he was tackled by three people. And these assholes did. He missed them totally missed blocks. So, I mean, it's time for us to hold them blockers. I'm going to be making a clear cut uh, point to call out those goddamn blockers every damn game until these people get this stuff together. This is pathetic. It's terrible. Watching these guys streaking down the field and nobody blocking them. And a guy running full speed down the field, tackling Deontay Hardy. I imagine he would fumble the ball if he counting on these other jackasses to block for him and they can't seem to get it right. If you can't block, get your sad ass up out of here, man. We don't need nobody who plans special teams that can't block the guy up the field. This is pathetic. All right, so anyway, that's my spill on that. But anyway, let's keep it going, man. So really and truly, we look at the rest of the Saints offensive line. Troutman there, Jawan Johnson and Troutman kind of uh, interchangeable at the tight end position. James Hurst will be there. Andrews Pete returns, putting Kelvin Throckmorton where he belonged on the bench. McCoy is there with Cesar Ruiz and Ramchek. So we have our starters back in, in effect. And hopefully we can be able to run the ball. Now we have a good running, a run blocking line. That's what they do. James Hurst is a good run blocking lineman. Andrews is a good run blocking. All of these guys run block very well. It's the simplest thing an offensive lineman can do is plot is 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 start blocking and just push the guy in front of them out of the way so we need to focus on that even if we have to add some extra blockers right there to move that thing we got to focus on moving the ball on the ground that's what we really need to do and stop trying to force the pass if it's not there all right anyway let's go to the defense of course we know the defense jordan tuttle on your mind and davenport now listen one thing to say about the interior defense it's not looking we were able to stop a few players here or there shy tuttle's playing all right but really, Contavious Street and Shai Tuttle, to me, look like they're playing right around the same thing. I'm really surprised. I'm not seeing a lot from Tunu passing yo that I would expect to see from Tunu passing yo. Maybe we can have a, 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 some kind of way where we could be able to kind of, um, you know, kind of hide, uh, uh, not hide, but kind of move Tunu passing yo into uh, that rotation a lot more, you know, with Shai Tuttle and Contavious Street. You know, I, I, I want to see a little bit more push in the interior is what I'm saying here. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, we need some more push. And of course, Davenport needs to get busy. We know Cam Jordan, he got to step his game up. But really, I, re I was looking at a lot of the film and the Saints was trying to, they'll, they'll do some blitz in here. But I can see what the Saints are trying to do. They're trying to get pressure with the front four like they did in the recent past. It's just not shaking. The Saints are not beating those no-name offensive linemen. The offensive line, they're actually making a name off stopping the Saints. They know that the Saints are supposed to be a championship-level defense, but that element right now of domination has eluded us insofar as us getting to the quarterback and putting them on the ground often and early, or early and often, however you want to interchange that. So Davenport needs to definitely get done. We know Cam is double-team, sometimes triple-team on that side. We need David on your model to wake up. I'm paging David on your model. Please wake up, David. Wake up and become the dominant defensive lineman. We knew you were for the first couple of years you've been here. David on your model, we need you. Marcus Davenport, we need you, bro. You got to step up. The Saints believed in Davenport to the point where they let Trey Hendrickson go. And Trey Hendrickson had a great year last year in his first year there. 
And Davenport was the guy who we looked at to be the guy. Davenport, you got to wake up and handle your business, bro. Now, we know that Peyton Turner is going to be out of his game with a chest issue, which means Carol Granderson is going to have to step up and make a sh- uh, pop in shape for the Who That Nation. They, of course, will move other guys around and see who they can put in, in that place. We know that Malcolm Roach is still listed on the IR here, and they're supposed to activate him. So hopefully get Roach in there. Roach helps out with that as well. He's a young guy with a lot of speed and power. So it'll be good to see Malcolm Roach there. Hopefully they can activate him to come through there. All right, so Peyton uh, Werner and Demario Davis are the linebackers in the Saints modified nickel system. You'll see occasionally see Caden Ellis pop up out there. And so, and from the c- cornerbacks, a secondary standpoint, you know who that is. Paulson and Debo Lattimore, uh, Marcus Mace, supposed to be good to go with Tyron Matthews. So we'll see those guys. And of course, Bradley Roby, perhaps Justin uh, Evans will operate out of the slot. Saints have used those guys, slide, slide guys interchangeably. So anyway, and also, on the other end of the special teams component, as we delve back into that, when we talk about Will Lutz, Will Lutz got to step your game up, bro. You know, he had an 0 for 2 performance prior to the London matchup. That has to change. Of course, one of them was a block, but it's also, we talked about the trajectory, how the Saints kicking the ball. Got to put a little bit of more. And that was a deep uh, kick, but you got to, you know what you got to do. And of course, Blake Gilligan doing his thing, but really, truly, we need uh, to get, even if the offense is not scoring touchdowns. Remember in the Minnesota game, uh, the London game last week. The Minnesota Vikings offense got snuffed out that the Saints they had their first idyllic possession where they drove down the field, right? They set up the touchdown. The only other touchdown that they did score was a touchdown in which the referees assisted them in several penalties to get to the goal line. When they got to the goal line, the Saints blew a coverage in which the uh, Jordan Je- uh, Justin Jefferson went into motion. Uh, from right to left and Kirk Cousins simply gave him the ball and boom, bam, bing, he walks into uh, the end zone from the left side off the blind side tackle. Nobody laid a mid on him. He went straight on in. That was a problem. So the Saints were able to snuff them out on all the other drives, but the Vikings were able to get into field goal range where their kicker was five of five. So what I'm saying is if you can't at least score touchdowns, get something. Don't just punt the ball. If you can get into their territory, at least get down there so you can get so we can attempt the field goal and get points as opposed to get nothing. You can't you will not beat a team if you're not getting anything but punting on your drives and your defense is stopping their offense. But their offense is astute enough to get close enough where they can kick field goals in which they did to add points. And that's ultimately decided the victory for them when their field goal team kept adding up field goals, three, 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 and you getting zero, zero, zero. So ultimately, what I'm saying is the Saints have to find an identity. And I've been saying this for a while about the Saints family. Y'all know that I've been saying this about the black and gold for a while is that the Saints must find their identity. And that's something that we know that they've been lacking. They thinking they're a passing team. If they were a passing team, they would have been able to beat the Panthers and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Saints are not a passing team. They're, they're kind of having a bit of thinking that they were what they were from last year. You're not that yet. You're not. So if you know that you're struggling, like you'll have a touchdown and then two, three drives later, you'll be three straight drives of punting and all this kind of stuff. And then three or four drives later, you score a touchdown or, you know, it's, it's some, you know, discombobulated nonsense like that. If that is indeed the case, then the Saints need to focus on running the ball because they really are a good running team and setting up the pass off the run. Hopefully we've been saying this a whole month and they have keep doing, they keep doing the same stuff. So hopefully. They do something different. Now, this is listen, fam. I'm going to be straight up with you. This is a win for the Saints. If the Saints lose this game, there are systemic problems beneath 
uh, the veneer of this team that is that that we don't know about. I mean, this is a winnable matchup for the Saints. The Saints supposed to win this game against the Seahawks. Let me just put it to you like that. They got a terrible defense. They got a a, a journeyman quarterback at the helm. That's a placeholder till they get a first round draft pick. They got injury plague running back. Who's actually pretty good when he's running, but you got to shut him down. This is a win for the who that nation. Not the Saints lose this game. Boy, I'm telling you, it's more than the fact that they lose full straight and they drop the one and five. I mean, excuse me. Uh, would you drop the one and four? But the reality is the Saints, this is a matchup made in heaven for the black and gold. They are back at home. They got a team that's not that good defensively. They're a one-sided team. You neutralize what they're doing, passing, uh, running the ball, and you can get uh, get them and knock them around. So with that being said, I'm going to step out on the limb for the Saints right here, and I'm going to give up this score. I'm going to say the Saints beat this team 27-17. to that's my call on the matchup. 27-17 Saints get the win over Seattle. That's, that's what I see. This is a team that's the Saints. This is a medicine game for the Saints. I'm going to just keep it a buck 15. This team come up in here. The defense ain't shit. They can run the ball, but they but you can also neutralize the passing attack. You can get pressure on Geno. Not to disrespect nobody, but listen, let me tell you something. If the Saints can't beat the Seattle Seahawks and they're in this stage, my goodness, listen, we got some problems. And like I had played the the the, uh, the uh, video a long time ago of uh, Ricky Ricardo. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, Ricky Ricardo, when he bust that, that famous saying, Lucy, you got some explaining to do? That's what we're going to ask Dennis Allen. That's what we're going to ask uh, Mickey Loomis. We're going to ask all of them the same damn question over and over again. Is Lucy... You got some explaining to do because that's what the hell they're going to have to do. They're going to have to do some explaining. Talk, talk, tell them, Ricky. Lucy, Lucy, you got some explaining to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. So anyway, with that being said, fam. I'm going to just pop out on that. Listen, much love to the fam. I appreciate y'all kicking it with me early Sunday morning, man. Uh, we about to jump on over to uh, the Tough Tiger Talk segment. The LSU is getting ready. The number 25th ranked LSU Tigers are getting ready uh, to take on the number 8th ranked Tennessee Volunteers. So that's going to be uh, uh, fun uh, to watch that game as LSU looks to kind of climb back up in that thing and make it pop and shake. So with that being said, fam, I'm going to pop out on that one, man. Please feel free to hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the share button. Shout out to David Newhauser, K, uh, K Camp 38, Sherman Wendell, Mr. Camp, Mr. Super Cam 1991, James Parker, Reg, uh, let's see, Reg Dablita, RJ Dablita, I hope I'm saying that right, Teresa Merritt, shout out to you, Queen. Mr. 12,000, shout out to you and all the family members and the others as well up in this thing. It's 12 noon, family. The game Sunday is 12 noon. We in the dome for this one. As you can see, it's on the screen, 12 uh, p.m. Central Standard Time. Two and two sea chickens against the black and gold one and three. This is a win. This is a win. This is a win for the Who That Nation. I'm telling y'all. What I said, the score was 27-17 Saints in a matchup. So feel free, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the share button, share it with the rest of the diehard who that's across the Saints hemisphere. And also feel free to hit up the link tree 
for all the merch and everything that we got available in the Linktree account. So with that being said, I'm going to holler at y'all guys on the flip side. Much love to y'all. Keep your heads up and who that to you. Yeah. I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Long as I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. Sports coma, yeah, this is where we do that. 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 Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. I'm a who that. Sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Somebody please better help. Running this thing like elf. Thank God every day I'm not a felt. Go to YouTube live with Big Q and the guys. If you ain't ride or die, the bandwagon get flipped. Been marching in, that was way for the ring. I was yelling out your shame for the championship. Fucking on town, duck down. Falcons, pluck, get shut down. Panthers ain't much touchdown. The vision really belong to us now. So much hate on the Saints, you could probably tell. Ever since Bounty Gate hit the NFL, when things seem fishy, then you probably smell. The crooked referees are Roger Goodell. Yeah. like this, and I'm a who that. Every day I'm living, I'm a who that. Lose or winning, I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. Where we do that, eh. Where we do that, eh. Where we do that, where we do that, where we do that, eh. Boogie like this, and I'm a who that. It's the sports coma, this is where we do that. We do that. You're listening to the sports coma. Yeah. Big Q and the guys on the PRO Media Network. Who that daily.com for the sport who that in all of them. That's right.
Strike the Pro Shop is the platform store where you can go and buy all the latest merch to support the platform. Available at the Pro Shops, we have dozens of hundreds of products available for you and your family. Unisex tees for men and women, hoodies and sweatshirts, tank tops, kids and baby items, long sleeve tees, mugs, pillows, wall art, bath, bedding, face masks, phone cases, stickers, bags, fanny packs, socks, hats, and many other items. Please feel free to check out the Pro Shops. The link is in the description section below. Remember, it helps the platform continue. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.